This is Keep It Simple, a weekly discussion of significant issues regarding the Word of God and His people. Our host is Pastor Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena, and the Simple Truths Radio Ministries. Good day. Welcome to Keep It Simple, weekly internet talk show of the Simple Truths Radio Network with Pastor Xavier. How are you doing today, sir? Good, Tony. I like yourself. Really good. Amen. Good. Trying to beat the heat. Yeah. Also with us in the studio today, our production engineer, Jonathan Duran. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 245. Amen. On this Tuesday, August 9th, 2022. Also, Pastor Sam Torado helping us today with video. And our special guest today... Uh, Pastor Henry Durant from Calvary Chapel, Pasadena here. Henry, thanks for coming out. Oh, gosh, it's an honor to be here today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're glad, we're certainly glad to have you. Uh, Today, Pastor X, I'd like to spend some time talking about what is, I think, a real emergency for the people of this world, and maybe for the people of the United States more specifically, and that is uh, the emergency of scriptural integrity. And we're going to spend some time, a little bit of time today. I think it's something we could probably spend a week on. You know, there's a lot of uh, details and important considerations to it. But as I was considering this, I know it's something that you deal with just about every day, if not every single day. And uh, something, how would you characterize the seriousness of scriptural integrity uh, for people today, Pastor Xavier? Well, the... um the integrity of Scripture is um, uh, something that if we don't pay attention to it, then there is no authority behind the Word. And we've seen a very slow erosion, but a continual erosion of the um, passion for the study of God's Word and to believe it to be God's divine revelation, not man's. And so um, the church, for the most part, has given up the um, doctrine of infallibility and inerrancy. Uh, the majority of churches, uh, seminaries, um, uh, Christian colleges, they've given that up. So now we, we need to know who's going to tell us what is inspired and what is not. Where are the mistakes and where are they not? And so uh, the Bible is very clear. God's never recalled his Bible. We have the same autographs that we had back in the centuries. Um, then, and, and if you don't believe in the inerrancy of Scripture and the integrity of Scripture, then on what basis are you teaching for people um, to live for God? And the standards, very important. Do you think part of the problem is that people just don't consider the ramifications of what they're saying? These people in universities, in Christian universities and yeah. seminaries and stuff, they're smart people. You know, they're, they're very clever, yeah. intelligent individuals. But when you remove the inspiration of the Spirit from the Scripture, yeah. I mean, you're really removing any kind of objective authority from morality. Sure. And, but, the, you know, um, the, the secular university has done the same thing. Mm. They've hijacked the school educational system mm-hmm. uh, through humanism, uh, situational ethics, valid clarifications, relativity where we're at now uh, to remove all objective truth. And so they may be smart, but they're not dumb. This doesn't happen by accident. No. The secular schools and universities, they have purposely gone after objective truth to alter truth, to make it a relative. 
and the same thing in the church. Um, Satan's the god of this world. Amen. And so, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. There is the statement of fact, and the man tries to contradict the statement of fact, tries to reinterpret it, tries to let's use their words, reimagine. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it it doesn't work. It yeah. just doesn't work. Yeah, it shows shows that they're creative, but unfortunately, yeah. there are a lot of terrible consequences. When we talk about scriptural integrity, we're talking about the Bible, obviously. And for us as Christians, the Bible is central to everything that we do. As a Christian, I read the Bible every day. And what should I say when a person identifies himself as a Christian and thinks that that is an extreme view? Do you ever run into that, Henry? I see it a lot out there. I see it a lot. But I, I find a hard time, I have a hard time if somebody calls themselves a believer mm -hmm. to not the scriptures i like I, i'm going through first corinthians again it's blowing my mind amen <laughs> you know it's not like the begin it's not like okay i've already read this or something it's just yeah. new insights the lord's ministry yeah. how can you say differently that it doesn't continue and you know it's there's no book like it right. amen <laughs> you know, just incredible um you know, I'd, I'd like to, to read something from a person, Pastor X, that is a recognized <coughs> Bible scholar. This guy is actually a, a Bible translator, okay? It says, when Christians study the Bible, how much do they need to know? We invest all this time in understanding the text, which has a separate life of its own. We think we're being more pious or spiritual when we're doing it. <coughs> Christians should be studying less not more. You just need enough to pay attention to God. I'm just not at all pleased with this emphasis on Bible study as though it's some kind of special thing that Christians do. The more they do, the better. Now that's a quote from a guy by the name of Eugene Peterson. Right. Who is, he's a Bible translator. He's responsible for translating uh, this English Bible translation, The Message. Right. And he, he says that the Greek language is his second language. And so this is, this is what he believes. Yeah. Now, people, some people who are listening to us today might be unfamiliar with this translation, the message. I don't think we offer it in our bookstore. No, no, you know? no, no. We don't. There it, are cards and stuff that try and come. We try and yeah, read them out. There are a lot of other books that we quote try and, from it. Yeah, yeah, like for one of them, one of the books that quote from it would be all of Rick Warren's um, uh, purpose-driven yeah. books all quote from the message, and there are more than 35 million copies yeah, yeah. of those books. Well, by print. the very statement of what he said, he shows he's not a scholar, not a biblical scholar. <coughs> Amen. He's a liberal scholar. Yeah. Uh, he's there to destroy the Bible. Um, God says study, to show yourself approved unto God. A workman doesn't need to be right, ashamed, right, divine the word of truth. Yeah. Over and over again. Now, am I going to believe um, uh, Eugene here or, or God? Yeah. Am I going to believe uh, Rick Warren or God? Uh, these men undermine the authority of the Word of God, the importance of study. Um, I don't care if he knows um, 20 languages. Yeah. If he contradicts the Word of God, his languages mean absolutely nothing. And God help him on Judgment Day. God will hold him responsible for the destruction of, Jesus said, better to tie a stone around your neck and be cast into the sea than to stumble one of these little ones. And so the message, the message is a piece of trash. I wouldn't even burn, start my fireplace with it. 
uh, ruins the, the, the grammar, everything. It takes liberties that, that no one should. Um, there's other translations. There are not true translations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's difficult because, like, I, personally for me, I don't want to make that the focal point. If I'm talking to somebody and they're reading the message, <laughs> I'm not going to grab it out of their hand or say, what's the matter with you? Right. You know, I, won't, I don't make, you know, you want to point people to the truth yeah. and, and not get caught on rabbit trails. Right, right, right. You know, but sure, but we do, we do want to call attention to that there is, there is a reason why God allowed the scriptures to be recorded in three languages, in Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. Amen. All right? And that means that certain grammar was used, and we can verify that through certain manuscripts, the number of them. Um, the Old Testament should be no-brainer. It shouldn't be an argument. The Jews had that for... Um, 2,000 years, okay? And they did a really Ex good job. Accepted. Yeah. So that is done. The Greek um, New Testament, we have plenty. Um, whether you want to go with the Westcott and Hort text, which I don't like, uh, or you want to go with the Received text of Antioch, which I think is the better one with King James or Old King James. Yeah. Um, either way, it, it's, it's got a language and it's got a manner of expressing it by certain grammatical terms, tenses, everything else. For that very reason, uh, the message is not um, is not a translation, a true no. translation. It's a it's a paraphrase. Yeah. A paraphrase is that you express it in a very amplified way that is more colorful and mixing in with cultural language and understanding. Mm -hmm. Well, you you can end up changing the whole message of the oh, gospel yeah. Absolutely. completely. And I, I think there's been a whole lowering of the standard through. I mean. I can't help but to think of in the past when we would look at a paraphrase, but that wasn't our main Bible. Right. You know what I mean? Might yeah. be something you refer yeah, you to had for the, Remember the Living Bible back in the sure, day? Sure, or, yeah. or, but that wasn't J.B. Phillips. J.B. Phillips, yeah. but that yeah. wasn't they, what we right. stood on. You just know to I mean? give a, just a, a comparison of a verse when it's been paraphrased uh, in a more dramatic or colorful way. Mm -hmm. uh, for, as an illustration, yeah. but not as the text itself. No, no. Very important. And it's and the text is what we need to get to. Right. It's interesting going through this, looking at this this issue. The and like there are some very popular paraphrases. Like the New International Version Bible. Right. That's a paraphrase. Yeah. That's not a translation. Yeah. The NIV, the non-inspired version. Yeah. It's not a translation. No. And I don't know that. the people realize that. But the reason you chose the the New King James is because of the manuscript evidence, right? More than anything else, right. is that right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. And you have to do the study on it. Mm -hmm. uh, the Westcard and uh, Hort texts, um, when the scholar, if you do the background, the scholarship, and all that, um, the text was merely the same as when they turned it in. Um, there's omissions, the very important omissions from the uh, um, received text. Mm -hmm. that are very critical, important to the deity of Jesus Christ, the Amen. blood of Jesus Christ, the Trinity, all of that. Um, sure, they say, well, but we have other ones. That's true, but those are important. Yeah. Uh, case in point where Jesus is in the garden and he uh, sweats as it was drops of blood. Right. Uh, they exclude that. Yeah. Okay. And even a lot of Bible translations that are not true translations, they will say in the side notes, uh, this is not found the best of manuscripts. Well, that's a dishonest footnote. It is. 
because what they're saying has not found what they believe to be the best text. They're making a Cy judgment. Sinatica, Vaticanus, and one more codex, yeah. Alexandria. Mm -hmm. By the way, Alexandria text is where the heresies came in of the Gnostics mm -hmm. in Egypt. All right? So, but they're not telling you that it is found in 5,000 other texts. So it's a very dishonest and corrupt footnote. Well, their, their assertion is that these are older. We're talking about 150 years older. And certainly there are fragments from the received text that are as old as those. Yeah, but if you look at the manuscripts uh, and then you do good research, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the texts that are used of the Sinaitic Vaticanus, there's cross-outs. Yeah. There's no, there's omissions. Well, we know by the trans, transcription of texts, they didn't have printing presses. So yeah. they handwritten, handwrote everything. They counted every word, every vowel, every space, all kinds of different ways they did it. And they had to be identical. If there was one mistake, whether it be in space or everything else, it would be thrown away, burnt. Mm -hmm. All right? And then primarily that's the right. Nazarites with and, the Old and, Testament. And, and the, the, that's the condition of some of those texts. Mm -hmm. How can they be superior? Well, also, How can they be better? They're dealing with these three texts, right? Mm -hmm. right. Vaticanus, Sinaiticus, and, and the Alexandrian. And they don't agree together. Right. They don't agree. They're no, no, big no. differences yeah. between them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we believe the received text from Antioch is, mm -hmm. is a better manuscript. And, um, um, but even at that, if you want to go with the other one, just make sure that you know it's inerrant and infallible, okay? Mm -hmm. Now you got a problem right away because you've, you've omitted already some that should be inerrant and infallible. Amen. But you've been the judge to remove them. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a lot of chutzpah to do sure. that, you know? <laughs> I was, in looking at this stuff, I, I was uh, confronted with an idea there's about translation. And there's uh, translation where you put the emphasis on the ancient language. Right. That's called literal equivalency. So you're going to study the ancient language, and then you're going to put it into modern language as best you can. The, the whole paraphrase thing is called dynamic equivalency, and that's where you put the emphasis on the modern language. Right, right, right. You take the emphasis off of the inspired right. Word of God, mm -hmm. and you put it on your modern language to make it clear, mm -hmm. supposedly. Right, right. And that's scary. And that's, why you, and that's why you do word yeah. studies, too, because the words are very... Specific when when the prophets uh, um, wrote and spoke in the New Testament, they used the uh, coiny language uh, in the Greek and mm -hmm. the Hebrew and past of the culture of the day. So how that word was used for that day, that's the meaning of that text because that text was written to a certain people at a set time for a certain reason. Yes, and God is addressing that with the with the language of the people, and so. Uh, it's important that you find out if you if you're going to interpret a letter that is written during the um, hippie days of the um, from '68 on to '75, uh, '77, you're going to have to understand how they use certain words. Those words have changed; yeah. they're not the same, <laughs> and so you need to understand that. Otherwise, you will give the wrong interpretation. Yeah, very important yeah. stuff. Mm. You, Pastor X, how would you? Uh, respond to somebody who says, well, you know, I just have a hard time reading these versions and it's much easier for me to be able to read a paraphrase. I say, don't be lazy. <laughs> God went to the cross for you. Amen. Read the Word of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get that all the time okay. in the bookstore. I'll bet you do. No, don't be lazy. You know, and it's English. It's even like 
can, do you have Bible tabs? <laughs> I'll say, learn and learn yeah. the Bibles. Yeah. Learn the books where they are. It, it, it's not that hard. Yeah. You know? And it, you would think you're there every day, you're reading every day, that's going to be an automatic. It's a given. It's going to mm -hmm. happen for you. Right, right. Yeah. See, we're to, we're, we're to think differently. We're to study God's Word. Mm -hmm. We're to know God's Word. We're to allow it to transform us. We're to be able to give an answer to every man for the reason of hope that lies in it with me because it's in fear. You take that verse in 2 Peter 3.15 there, um, yeah. or 1 Peter, and you compare that to Eugene's statement that we should be studying less. Really? Yeah. I'm supposed to be ready to give an answer to every man. The only way I can do that is to know the Word of God. So his, his proclamation is, is the wrong premise, and, and you will come to the wrong conclusion. And what it's done to people is it, it people don't want to put in the effort anymore. Sure, sure. You know, they, it, it, it's, it, you know, with technology and everything else we have, everything's so simple, everything. But to take that, it's a, it takes yeah. time. It takes yeah. effort to yeah. really, yeah. you know, get in there. And, yeah. and, but you've got to understand, and too, that it, it's, it's laziness and non-committal, but it's also on the flip side of that, our, uh, our nation and the world has been dumbing down in terms mm -hmm. of education. Mm -hmm. People all are not that, educated. All of that plays They're indoctrinated. It. And so they're moved by feelings, emotions, agendas, but they, they, don't, they don't understand uh, things clearly because they're not educated. It doesn't mean that you exalt yourself like Eugene says. That's not the case. No. We're, we're to bring glory to God by knowing His Word. Mm -hmm. The person that exalts themselves, he's a Pharisee. Yeah. We understand that. And, and the person who is in the Scripture, with the Spirit guiding them, the Scripture's the thing that's going to push back against your carnal nature. Of course. You need course. that. Of course. You know, as yeah. opposed to making you feel more spiritual or yeah. whatever below. The power of God's Word and the Holy Spirit is the right. only thing that can transform the heart of man. Amen. Nothing else. Amen. If, you, if you depend upon it and know it less, the less spiritual you'll be and the more carnal you'll be. Yeah, yeah. It's straight across the board. And for these guys, you know, a lot of the, the back end of their thinking is, you know, like for Rick Warren, is I want to bring more people into church. More accepting, <laughs> right, yeah. Right. We, that's yeah. the whole so thing. So let's yeah. compromise the let's word. Let's lower the standard. To build up the, the body, you know, sure, the numbers. Sure, sure. That's scary. Sure. That's but bad. that's not Christianity. Yeah, it's bad. It's churchianity. You know, it's not biblical Christianity. No, no it is. Yeah. People Unfortunately, are, I think it's becoming yeah, Christianity. Yeah, people are very... We have the emergency... He began with the seeker-friendly church. Yeah. He was a stepping stone uh, to the emergent church. Mm -hmm. um, uh, for the seeker-friendly church, it came out of Fuller Seminary with uh, church growth, with McGavern, and then Wagner. Okay? All that came in. They're progressive steps downward. They're forward, but they're downward. They're not upward. Yeah. And it's a deterioration of the word of Christians... Um, it doesn't matter what you say, it's, it's what you, you're living. You can say you're a Christian. If you're not living God's Word, you're not a Christian. Or you're awfully backslidden. One of the two, you tell me. And you're going to suffer the consequences. Absolutely. You're not going to understand why. And everybody around you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Pastor X, so you're, you're move, let's say hypothetically you're going to move away from California. You're going to move to Texas or Tennessee or Idaho or wherever. You're going to move into a little community and... You know, uh, get, get yourself settled, look for a church, you can find a small church, and you find a pastor that's come out of a seminary or Bible college sometime in the last 20, 30 years, okay? You're going to be walking into a situation where you're going to be instructed by people who have, they've been taught this mindset, mm -hmm. that this is normal, 
that this is what the church is supposed to be. Right. And you're not likely to find yourself in a situation where somebody really embraces the inspiration of Scripture. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I think people don't realize this. And of course, when you go into that little church and you start attending and your kids start there and you meet all these wonderful people there, they don't post on their bulletin, you know, we don't believe in the inspiration of Scripture. Right. They don't tell you that up front. Mm -hmm. You know, they, you may never find out. You, right. Even mm -hmm. if you sit down with a pastor one-on-one, -on -one, you may not get a straight answer from him right. concerning be what he thinks about the Scripture. Because they don't want to offend you. They don't want to be truthful. Yeah. Because they will offend part you. Of it. And It'll a, raise questions. Yeah. So the church is, is no different than the secular universities. Mm -hmm. um, they're there to corrupt and to indoctrinate. Well, that's what they're doing. And that's what they're doing in the church. Yeah. No different. This is no accident. Jesus told us in the last days men will uh, uh, raise up teachers after their own itchy ears. Um, um, men will become more evil as the time goes. Uh, the parable of the, of the sower and then the wheat and the tares, the, um, um, the small seed uh, uh, becomes a large aspect of the church. Birds lodge therein, the mustard seed. Well, that's corruption. That's infiltration. Yeah. Now, people teach the parables in a wrong way. They'll make that positive. It's not what it's talking Bizarre. about. The disciples asked Jesus, are there many to be saved? He said, few agonized to enter in. Strive to enter in. The, the road to heaven is, um, is not crowded. Um, there's plenty of elbow room. Uh, the road to hell is very, very crowded. And everybody's having a blast on their way yeah. until they get there. Pretty, pretty terrifying. Just like we see today with the socialism and everything. Everybody's going all for it until they get it. Yeah. And they're not going to like it when it comes. Amen. The consequences. When all the, uh, when, what do they say? When all the chickens come home to roost. Yeah. And all the consequences. Like that athlete in Russia. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wonder what there she's thinking now. Yeah. I wonder what she thinks about social and communism now. Lord so, knows. Yeah. Yeah. Apart from the Bible that I use every day, there are other ways in which the integrity of the Scripture is being brought into question. And a lot of these we see in the church. In, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it talks to us about the coming of false teachers in the last days. Right. Um, and Second Peter, actually, uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 1 says, There are also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. That's a, a radical thing right. for Peter to write yeah. at the close of his ministry, you know, to, right. looking forward. It's interesting how both Peter and Paul, both looking forward into the church, warned people right. with the most extreme warnings yeah. of what's coming. Yeah. And that, the false are in the church, not know, outside the church. Yeah. Yeah. Judas Iscariot are in the church, not outside the church. Very important. Yeah. They will infiltrate. They will take on the language, change it a little bit, um, and they'll be meaning a whole different thing using the same vocabulary. Yeah. And so they indoctrinate people. They corrupt people. They water down the Word of God. They corrupt it. They make people very comfortable. They don't have to worry about sin, and you know you don't have to really pray all the time, like Eugene says. You know you don't have to study more. You know just enjoy yourself or whatever. Really, it's yeah. a council of hell. Scary stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Amen. Sometimes you know it's interesting the the variety, the different you know all the different colors 
that this stuff comes in, there are people out there who, from our, our vantage point, it looks like their only intention is selfish interest. I mean, Peter, like, people like uh, Peter Popoff. Here's a guy who it's pretty obvious that yeah. he's, uh, you know, uh, he, it's just shenanigans. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just about him. There, there are also people out there that may be sincere. Sure. And they're just sincerely wrong. Sure. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and that's, that, that's terrifying stuff. Yeah. And that's a product of the society. But, again, God understands all this. And, and God will have the faithful people to proclaim the truth of God's word. And if these people who are sincerely deceived and they don't have ill intentions, they believe that to be true, mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit of God is able to convict them and reveal their error. But then it's up to them whether they go on and reject the conviction or they repent. So God's in control. It's not us. It doesn't have to do anything with us. We are to confront things when it comes before us. Mm -hmm. We don't just go looking for it. But God is able to deal with all these things and with the heart of man. He knows every man's heart. Uh, hearts are open and naked to him with whom we have to do. Hebrews 4, 12 says, Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, nobody's hiding anything from God. Uh, not even the motive. God alone knows the motive. Why yeah. you do the, what to do. That's right. That's important. I know, and maybe you do too, Henry, people who are involved in a church that they really disagree with the doctrinal perspective or the way that things are done. Mm -hmm. But yet they're so attached to the people there and their situation. Sometimes it's their kids are involved, but they, they you know, are seeking the Lord about the possibility, gee, should I go to church somewhere else? Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is how bad do you want things to get before you get to a place where you make the call? Or you make a decision. <clears throat> Gosh, I think that's the tension of the scripture sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, the bound, you know, if you some people don't want to be in those boundaries. Yeah. And they're fighting it. And we've seen it throughout the years. And this next thing you know, I gotta leave because my family is not getting along, and now we get along because we're not we're we're able to do whatever we want to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, stuff yeah. like that, you know, as yeah. an example. Well, it's interesting. I mean, we see that a lot because we talk to a lot of the people in our fellowship here have come out of a Roman Catholic background. And there's, there can be, I mean, there can be whole family splits over that, you know, don't even come around here anymore. We don't want to talk to you or nothing. But yet, if you will back off on your proclamation of the gospel, then you can get along with everybody right. else. Right. And, you'll, you know, you'll have a more peaceful, more congenial kind of yeah. situation. Mm -hmm. And, wow, you need God's direction and wisdom because yeah. the point's going to come mm -hmm. where, you know, there's a deciding line. Sure. Well, you need to obey God. Amen. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace to the world with a sword. Uh, put parent against the child, the child against the parent, so on and so forth. Uh, Jesus divides. Um, all of us were uh, sinners in the world. We all got saved by grace through faith. Um, when I made that decision almost 50 years ago, I knew exactly who I was. I knew exactly that God was telling me the truth, that I was a sinner and needed repentance and forgiveness. And uh, once I did that, I just started to walk with God, study the Word of God. And, um, you know, th there's, no, there's no question about it. Uh, he's on the, on the throne, not me. And uh, he's the one that saved me. I'm the one that was lost. Um, but I believe the Word of God to be the Word of God. So I respect it. I honor it. I, I bring glory to God. I, I, doesn't mean I'm sinless. Doesn't mean I'm perfect. 
but I don't live the way I used to. Amen. And for when we fail, we have Jesus Christ the righteous to make intercession for the Lord for the defense in 1 John 2, 2 and 2, 1. And so um, we, we live a set-apart life, sanctified uh, for the glory of God, depending on the Spirit of God to enable us, the Word of God to instruct us and guide us. And he puts it all together. And as John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus said, um, he must increase and I must decrease. Very, very important. Amen. The world doesn't want to um, um, ruffle people's lives. No. The world wants to make you comfortable to think that you can do whatever you want and it's okay and there's no consequences. Well, all we have to do is look around to the world today and see the consequences of the morality, and a lack of it, and the ethics and education and the corruption that has come into our nation and every aspect of our nation. It's a far cry from what it used to be. And so when you get rid of objective truth, and God's word is objective truth, it's not subjective at all. And when you ignore that, then you are headed for destruction. Mm. Absolutely. Amen. Amen. Should we, as believers, should we expect to find ourselves in awkward situations because of the word of God, Pastor X? Every day. Especially in our society. Now, America has escaped the persecution mm -hmm. and the really strict and uh, strong opposition until coming into the 90s. Yeah. Started kind of cranking down a little bit. But certainly when we crossed the 2000, the game was on. And now, since the pandemic, they're very serious. Yeah. There's no way for a but about it. And so we, we've moved away from any form of... Um, uh, of the republic that we are. Uh, we are uh, acting as a, uh, a socialist, Marxist, communist country. Going I, I wanted to address a couple of things. I don't know if we're coming on the break, mm -hmm. but uh, along those lines, just a couple of things and get your opinion on a couple of things that um, we have time now? Um, yeah, right, can I? Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about, and we know this from within, but like what you're saying, the socialist, Marxist, uh, left-wing liberals that are out there trying to destroy the Word of God. Yeah. It's happening really, it's a very concerning to me. Uh, a couple of examples, Whoopi Goldberg on The View last week, when they were talking about the abortion issue, uh, she argued that God supports killing unborn babies via abortion. <coughs> She said last week that abortion was okay because God gives people the freedom of choice. Yeah. Distorting the word right there. Completely off the wall. Yeah. Goldberg said, God doesn't make mistakes, and thus it's in his plan to have women choose abortion. Wow. God made us smart enough to know when it wasn't going to work for us. That's the beauty of giving us freedom of choice. And then she added that uh, she does not judge people who have an abortion because she was taught, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Total yeah. distor distortion of the scriptures. Sure. And she probably grew up in a church. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. You know? But it's all subjective. That's why she's, out, she's misquoting scripture. Yeah. And, and just one other thing real quick um, that's very concerning to me is that... Um, there's this satanic anger against the Bible by many who are trying to discredit what the foundation of our nation is about and what the Bible is about. And they 
come up with this term um, that they're ca calling Christians uh, Christian nationalists, Christian nationalists, right. mm -hmm. you know, and, and politicizing. It, yeah, it's a, yeah, to smear yeah. campaign right. Right. Uh, to make us racist sure. among other things. Sure. Sure. And, uh, you know, as you think about it, they hate Christians because we take the Bible seriously sure. and want to our nation led by those principles of the Bible. And they hate the foundation of America. That's why they're yep. trying to destroy it. And you talk about that all yep. the time. And why? Because the Bible was looked at when our nation was put together. Yeah. It's, it's in the Constitution. Yeah. It's in the Declaration it's of everywhere. Independence. Every monument. And it all goes down to, back to the Bible, this yeah. evil agenda. Yeah. You know, they hate it. So yeah. just wanted to throw that out. Yeah. And, and again, they, 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 they take, uh, as Whoopi did there, with a, a very subjective interpretation, her mm -hmm. opinion. Mm -hmm. That's not what the Bible says. No. Yeah. God gives life. Exactly what we're God, God kills. God punishes. God gives life directly, not the individual to make the choice on that. In fact, the old term says anybody kills a man, they die. Yeah. If someone would hurt a woman who was pregnant and that child is, is miscarriage, it would be eye for eye, tooth for tooth, the limitation of death upon that person, mm -hmm. okay? And so um, she's way off the wall. Yeah, but you feed um, that in the national right. news yeah. and the media and boom. What, yeah. what a platform they got, in there. too. Sure, yeah. sure. But again, crazy. And nothing new. Yeah. It's happened in other uh, times in history, um, other countries. Uh, but um, every country that has gone against the scriptures and the Christian, um, they paid a price. Amen. God's on the throne. And so we are not here to pray that it'll come to them. Uh, it'll come. When you're messing Absolutely, with God. Because they're messing <laughs> with God, not with us. Mm -hmm. And so all these people that give their, um, give people a piece of their mind they can't afford to lose, um, they're, they're completely, uh, they're evil in their intent. Yeah. Yeah. Because they don't care about life and they don't care about our nation. Mm. And that's, mm. that's, that's mm. sad. Terrifying. Yeah. Crazy. If you've tuned in with us today, you're watching Keep It Simple, and we're going to be right back with you after these messages. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock, Jesus said. And the rain fell, and the floods came, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Pastor Xavier Reese says, by allowing the Lord's wisdom to guide us in our relationships, decisions, and priorities, we find that he provides the most trustworthy foundation any life could be built upon. And that's why he's presenting a teaching series on the basic foundations for the Christian faith. In it, he explains the importance of the Word of God, the gifts of the Spirit, the function of prayer and worship, and so much more. The Basic Foundations for the Christian Faith is a 12-message series available on audio CD for $32 or an MP3 disc for just $10 in the online store of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. Look for the Basic Foundations for the Christian Faith series when you browse the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. Pastor Xavier Reese and the simple steps to discovering the simple truth. The world is continually telling you and me to draw from yourselves. It's in you, you can do it. You see, the problem's in you. The solution isn't. You see, I've got to look outside of myself for the solution. You've got to fight the good fight. You've got to say no to sin. You've got to say yes to God. Check the online program guide for Pastor Xavier Reese's daily expositional studies here on Simple Truths Radio at calvarychapelpasadena.com. 
Have you ever wondered what the Bible says about the rapture, or angels, or even about life and death? Well, in the new doctrinal series of the Bible, just released by Pastor Xavier Reese, you'll discover answers to these questions and so much more. In this brand new USB flash drive and MP3 audio format, you'll find over 50 messages included from a sermon series entitled, What About? You'll hear these full-length messages answering numerous questions about God, the Scriptures, and the Christian faith. It's the What About? Doctrinal Series of the Bible, available now for just $19.99 plus shipping from the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. It's a PC-Mac compatible MP3 audio USB flash drive from Pastor Xavier Reese from his What About? Doctrinal Series for just $19.99 plus shipping. Available now in the online store at calvarychapelpasadena.com. That's calvarychapelpasadena.com. We return now to Keep It Simple and this week's discussion, addressing issues of consequence for the church, hosted by Pastor Xavier Reese of Calvary Chapel, Pasadena. And you are back with us here at Keep It Simple. Today we're spending some time talking about the importance of the scripture, the integrity of the scripture, and uh, current trends in our culture that are kind of a little discouraging. Lots going on here at the church tonight. We have uh, the third installment of the Women's Summer Series. Uh, Jeanette Sheets is going to come and speak to the ladies about serving, and we're excited about that. Great turnout of ladies here. And th will that be available to be streamed? It will be. Okay, the third great. of the nice. trilogy here. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 7, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you're and not the study alone. will be a little bit later than that, I believe. It will be, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll welcome everyone at 7 and then come back around 7.20. Great. But if you can, come to church. Amen. Yeah. If you're in the neighborhood, please come. Yes. And I'm then sure this Saturday we have uh, Keep It Real. Yeah, it's a youth event, correct? Absolutely. Youth yeah. seminar. 7th through 12th graders, all free. So if you've got a youngster in the neighborhood here, mm -hmm. send them over on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Starts at... Uh, 10 a.m., 10 to 3 p.m., I believe. It does, yeah. And there'll be a lunch break, and the lunch is optional. Tickets are 10 bucks for that. But uh, a couple of pastors from the local area are going to be sharing, and we're praying that the Lord would use it. Mm -hmm. And that also, I think, will be live streamed. It right, will John? be, yeah. If you're not a local and you want your kid to see it or you want to see it, tune in. Like Tony said, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Amen. We're going to stream the whole day. Exciting stuff. It is. So, Pastor X, again, as we're talking about the integrity of Scripture, and, and basically we're kind of, we're really a little broader than that this morning. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the importance of Scripture for the church and for the culture. There are men and women working hard to destroy the Scripture. And we don't consider those people Christians right. by their conduct and their words, mm -hmm. but there are a lot of people out there who do, who do think that they're Christians. And that's, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, there are people that have given up the Scripture completely, and they're teaching the doctrines of demons. Is that true? Well, the Scripture says that. Amen. You know, um, verse uh, Timothy 4.1 says, uh, The Spirit clearly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith. That's believers departing from the faith. That's not a non-believer. And it's because of deception. And this is periodic falling away every generation in 1 Timothy 4, 1. And in chapter 3, 1, then he speaks about the last days and all the apostasy and all the uh, evil that goes on. Um, many people have redefined the church. Um, they redefine the Christian. 
they redefine um, the standard of Christianity mm -hmm. by corrupting, ignoring, and changing the Word of God. And so um, it it's becomes another cultural opinion um, within the church. Uh, but again, the plumb line is the Word of God. And uh, a plumb line shows everything to be crooked. The plumb line is always straight. And so if, in fact, the Word of God can't be trusted, if the Word of God is not needed to be studied, then, then it's a worthless uh, plumb line. Yeah. Why even, why even waste your time? Yeah. Yeah. So, again, everything makes sense in the um, general um, subjective way. But if you're going to be speaking about objective truth, and objective truth never changes. Amen. Right is right, wrong is wrong, up is up, and down is down. It's red it. is red, yellow, green, and that's it. Okay? And it has nothing to do with emotions, feelings, or culture. So we're aware that they are, the culture changes and different viewpoints and even language changes. <laughs> Gender but, changes. But we have to know exactly what that word means. Yes. And whether you are corrupting the origin of that word. Mm -hmm. Okay, like today, you know, no one can tell what a woman is. Well, a woman is simple um, to identify from a man. And that's the chromosomes. Amen. Real simple. Yeah. Okay, a male is a male, a female is a female. It's real simple. That's it. Until now. When, you know, there are a lot of things that the enemy likes to muddy the water yeah. to make things confusing. So who can even really tell what's going on here? Uh, and there are a lot of peripheral issues, you know, things that maybe are not life and death, but they're part of the scripture. The scripture is clear. Right. Mm -hmm. now, we talk to people all the time about issues like, for instance, one would be, uh, whether a woman should be a senior pastor of a church mm -hmm. and somebody will come to you and they may ask you in the bookstore, Henry, mm -hmm. what do you think about the, or, or, or what does the scripture say? And then you take them to uh, Timothy chapter two mm -hmm. and read them what the scripture says. Mm -hmm. And then they'll ask you, well, what do you think? <laughs> right. How would you respond to a situation like that? Well, I'd take them back to the scripture and say, well, I just told you what I think. I have to stand on the word of God. Right. Yeah. It doesn't matter, my opinion. I'm not going right. to go into this right. other, let's not speculate, let's not, you know, and right. people try and do that all the time. Yeah. Let's, they want to reason outside of everything, you mm -hmm. know, and it's like, I'm not going to waste my energy on right. that kind of stuff, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, I try and be as kind as I can, but, you know, it just at some point it's like, no, yeah. <laughs> you know. Once again, the study clears it up. Amen. Because the pastoral epistle is talking about doctrine and how to run the church of God, yes. how to handle it. And he speaks very well there that, uh, and very clear that um, um, Adam is the, the, the head of the race. And that um, he, he's talking about being a pastor. A woman's not to usurp authority over a man Amen. in the context of teaching men. Okay? And that's even in regular teaching, let alone pastorship. So in other words, a woman can be, and he's talking about the deception, about that transgression. Right. Okay? Now, Eve is the one that would transgress. She was, she was deceived by Satan. Mm -hmm. But the penalty came upon Adam. Amen. Because he's the federal head. And so, there again, the fall, the woman tries to usurp authority over a man. And a man tries to control the woman. That's the sin nature. When we're born again, now we understand God's priority. The head of, uh, of Christ is God. 
The head of the woman is the man. Paul says very clearly in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 11. It's from the beginning. God made Adam first and brought the woman to him. So it's not cultural. It's not, you know, chauvinistic. Mm -hmm. There's a reason for it. A woman can be deceived much easier than a man mm -hmm. because of her emotions and her feelings. Doesn't mean that men cannot be deceived or aren't deceived. Yeah. Yeah. But yet God holds the man responsible for the authority. And it's God's created order, and he knows what he's doing with his order. Absolutely. If we're willing to yield to if it. If you look at the scripture, yeah. you're going to see Are you going to yield? Yeah. It comes yeah. down to, are you going to yeah. yield to the scripture? And you <laughs> see a big difference, too, when um, in the classroom, if there's kids in that, and maybe they're getting rambunctious, a little loud or whatever, they're not paying attention to the teacher who's a woman, and all of a sudden you just have a man walk in the room. Everything changes. Hey! <laughs> Everything down. changes. Or if you have a dog. <laughs> right yeah. now. Amen. Okay? There's a difference. Yeah. When, uh, when, when a man has to go back to the uh, manufacturer or the factory or the store that he bought a product, and um, he deals with the man there, they're on equal terms. Mm -hmm. You don't send your wife to do that. Mm -hmm. yeah. She will be badgered and bullied. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. Two it's different true. things. Yeah. Simple. Mm -hmm. There are Pastor X whole organizations, Christian organizations with vast histories, histories of hundreds of years yep. in service to God that have, for instance, embraced homosexual marriage. Uh -huh. And they still call themselves Christians. Right. What does that situation do to the integrity of Scripture? Well, it confuses people. Amen. And it takes the side of the world. Mm -hmm. And they're profession of Christianity is canceled out. You cannot say you're a Christian if you embrace homosexuality. Now, we don't have any ill feeling for homosexuals. No. Paul says some of you were sodomites, homosexuals, and there's a difference between a sodomite and a homosexual. Yeah. Sodomite is simply a man who prostitutes himself while not being homosexual. The homosexual is one who's inclined towards the same gender, and it makes it very clear. And he says, fornication, this, that, and other. And he says, and such were some of you. Yeah. So the gospel And then he for, says, but God. But God is, <laughs> but God. God is transforming you. Yeah. Such were some of you. And so people have to make a decision whether they believe they need to be forgiven and saved because they're sinners, that God is holy and man is evil. Uh, when you began with the wrong premise that man is good, then you're going to come up with the wrong conclusion. Simply, the Bible says that man is evil, his heart is deceitful, desperately wicked, Jeremiah 79. And uh, I don't know where people get their evidence from. I don't know from what generation or what country or what race that man is good. Um, you look at the wars that have taken place in every race, every nation, every period of time. It's because someone wants a bigger piece of the candy bar. That's what James that's all, says, right? Okay? Yeah. And that's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. um, law... Law is necessary for man because man is a lawbreaker. Amen. He's a lawbreaker. The law does not reward us. The law accuses and punishes us. But they're trying to do away with law, which is called anarchy. Total confusion. Well, we've seen exactly what has happened the last two and a half years in Oregon and Washington and Chicago yeah. and even here in Los Angeles. And so it's, 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 it's stupid. It's, uh, it's so evil 
because it doesn't take the concern of the safety and the well-being of the citizens of that state yeah. or town or nation. Innocent people going to suffer. The elite professional leaders, corrupt, mm -hmm. self-seeking, mm -hmm. manipulating. It's very encouraging recently to see uh, Governor, Governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, intervene and remove <laughs> the local district attorney that was refusing to apply the law. Rightly mm -hmm. so. It should happen yeah. here. We've sure got should. some. Same yeah. thing. If uh, Gavin Newsom yeah. was really interested in being president, maybe he would do things like that. But no, he's interested, but yeah. God help us. Interesting to me, Pastor X, how connected the moral fabric of the world is to the integrity of Scripture. And, and I would think generally, you approach the man on the street and ask him, you know the difference between right and wrong. His response is going to be, of course I do. Don't be ridiculous. But I wonder if that's really true. Not today. Yeah. yeah. Because people who was right, because they've been taught situational ethics. Yeah. Amen. It's all subjective. It's all relative. What's right for you may not be right for me. Yeah. So, I mean, we, there's a point in time when, when the generation knows absolutely right from wrong. Um, I grew up in the 60s. I knew what was right from wrong, even though I was out there doing stupid things. Um, even in the 70s with the sexual revolution at the end of the 60s and that. Uh, people were out there being promiscuous and drugs, everything else, but they knew what was right and wrong. Amen. Okay? It isn't until you get into the 80s and the 90s where that relativity and that subjectivism began to be part of the worldview, a very concrete aspect of view. They, they didn't live in that arena and in that period where we knew right from wrong. Yeah. They have callous their conscience because your conscience tells you what's right and wrong. Absolutely. Goes yeah. back to the integrity of scriptures, the yeah. whole th thing it we're does. talking about. The yeah. breakdown. You know, people knew. You know, the, sure. they knew what a drunkard is. They knew what the, yeah. you know, different things that we grew up yeah. and even before that and yeah. it's yeah. disintegrating that whole yeah. it's not yeah. in people's conscience. And, and even if they don't, it's the proclamation of the gospel that sheds light on their evil. Amen. Okay? That's mm -hmm. important. So it's dependent upon the power of the gospel to proclaim it. That the light of the gospel might come upon them and convict them of their sin, and they call upon the name of the Lord. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. And so it's an opportunity given by God to the individual to either reject the gospel or to embrace the gospel. Every person in hell right now is not blaming God. No. They know they place themselves there. And so the choices made before you die, all your subjectivism, all your arguments about relativity and all your opinion means absolutely nothing. You will, find, you will be the first to find out on your last breath. No one will have to tell you, but it's too late. Amen. it Oswald Chambers says, at the back of all morality stands God. Mm -hmm. Pastor X, if you had to pick the more dangerous threat to the integrity of the Scripture in the church, choosing between people who've completely rejected God and the Scripture, or people who continue to uh, attach themselves to the church, call themselves Christians, but they've rejected the Scripture, right. which one's more dangerous? Oh, the one within. Yeah. The enemy within is always the most dangerous, not outside. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the enemy... Uh, of against America, uh, socialism, Marxism, communism, uh, that was outside until it started infiltrating. Now it's from within. 
now it's more dangerous because the enemy's within the camp. Yeah. And that's always the most dangerous. Right. Always. And he's, in a lot of cases, he's driving the car. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's the way it works. Yeah. From today, we're in, you know, 2022, although I never thought we'd get here, but we are. <laughs> 2022, but in the next eight years, 2030, you know, even though we don't expect to see that, but will we find ourselves in a world where we're going to see the fulfillment of the frog in the kettle? Uh, it's inevitable. I mean, we all know as Christians we've been teaching the end times, myself, for almost 50 years. And we know that um, the um, one world government is going to end up in the hands of the Antichrist. We know we're headed there. We just don't know exactly how that was going to come about. Now we're seeing it kind of unfold. Mm -hmm. And so we, we, we're aware of what's happening. Um, in Switzerland right now, they're putting chips in people's hands. Mm -hmm. And people are loving it. Okay, with that little rice size mm -hmm. chip, mm -hmm. you can buy, you go everywhere, no money. Yeah. None whatsoever. In fact, I just came back from uh, Kansas and uh, on certain um, food places in the airport, I couldn't pay cash. Right. has to be with a card. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're so seeing that more and more. They're, they're moving to a cashless society. Uh, in fact, the um, pandemic initiated that maybe money is that really was contaminating with the COVID and mm -hmm. we, should, we don't have no more coin or nothing, which is a big lie. <laughs> And they're using, their statements are so off the wall from the evidence, but yet this is the goal. Sooner or later, everything that we've, we, we've been given, whether it be a social security or a credit card or whatever it may be, they're all stepping stones to the ultimate fulfillment yeah. where the Antichrist will give a number on the right hand, the forehead of every person. Mm -hmm. And interesting, the chip is on the hand in Switzerland. Yeah. And so, um, but, but it's not only just the indication that it would be on the right hand of the forehead, though we see some of that now. We know that it's not the Antichrist because the church is still here. When that Antichrist comes, it's because Russia has attacked Israel. Mm -hmm. Ezekiel 38, 39, and God will destroy that army. He will appear with a bow with no arrows. He'll conquer through diplomacy. What will follow him in that false white horse of peace, which is false peace, is war, famine, and death and pestilence. In the middle of those seven years, he'll have built the temple for the Jews. He'll walk in, declare himself to be God, and demand everybody worship him. Without that number, you can't buy, you can't sell. You can find that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And you also find Israel fleeing to the wilderness as he persecutes her and she sees her deception in Revelation 12. And so we know that we're headed there. So this is really the dress rehearsal for the Antichrist. And it's crazy that we're seeing, yeah. we're, we're seeing these things starting to take shape. Yeah. Yeah. It is crazy. Uh, yeah. um, uh, Klaus Schwab's main guy, Nusev, uh, uh, Noel Nusev, I think his name yeah. is. You know, he's talking about changing or getting into our DNA oh, yeah. and making, you know, he yeah. wants us we're going to make you think. Forget about the Bible. Forget about all of yeah. that now. We're going to tell you how to think. Yeah. At least that's his goal. Well, you know, Bill, <laughs> Bill, Bill Gates introduced that God's to the FBI. God's not going to let that happen. I don't Bill, think Bill Gates introduced that to the FBI yeah. about 10 years ago or so, hmm. maybe yeah. five, seven years ago, um, to radicalize Christians too, so they're not the opposition. And we've already seen from our leaders, uh, George Bush, Obama, whoever, 
that conservatives, patriots, Christians, uh, uh, constitutionalists, yeah. they're the terrorists. Domestic terrorists. Domestic terrorists, yeah. okay? So um, it's, it's an eye-opener yeah. what's going on. And they hate okay. Bible-believing Christians Absolutely. because yeah. we helped win the election last yeah. time around. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they know that. They, are, they're, they want to destroy it. Yeah. One of the things that I really appreciate about the ministry here in Pasadena is the consistency of encouraging believers to hold the highest possible view of Scripture. Is that something that you think about, Pastor X? Sure, and that's why we study the Word of God and we, we teach mm -hmm. people the integrity of Scripture and how it is that you prove that and where does it say that. And uh, prophecy is one of the greatest evidence of that. Um, these are things that uh, have, were proclaimed hundreds and thousands of years before and, and they've been fulfilled to the letter. Um, God gave the, uh, the empires of the world to Nebuchadnezzar, the head of gold, Babylon, Medo-Persia, the arms of silver. Uh, Babylon, I mean uh, Greece, uh, belly of brass, and then Rome. You have the two legs of iron, east and west. And then the last empires will be the Ten Nation Confederacy. Well, we have the common market of Europe. We have the nations adding, taking away. Mm -hmm. It will ultimately be under the hand of the Antichrist. Amen. So this was before any of those empires were there. And they happened just exactly. And so what are the chances of that? There isn't enough zeros after the one. No. Okay, so when people want to reject the Bible, uh, the biggest thing that hits them right in the face is prophecy. It's not subjective, it's very objective in truth and detail. Very much so. Amen. Do you think it's possible, Pastor X, that uh, people begin to compromise the integrity of Scripture in their own lives without really realizing that they're doing that? Well, they do so because they don't want to be persecuted. Mm. They don't want to be hated. They don't want to be marginalized. They don't want to receive the consequences. They're not willing to toe the line, huh? It's simple. Everybody will bow if they don't have their eyes on Jesus, sooner or later. And the, the history teaches us that. The words of Jesus tells us that. The history of the church shows us that. No different. So, interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, those of you who are listening, you know, you may believe in the scriptures, you may not, I don't know. But the Bible says that um, Jesus is the word of God. And Jesus certainly believed in the Old Testament. He never pointed out any errors or anything else. And uh, he says, you do search the scriptures, and in them they speak of me, and they speak of life. And so everything about Jesus is in the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, the red thread, completely. He's the only way to the Father. He's the only one that can forgive us. He's the only one that can instruct us and guide our lives. But it's through his word and the power of the Spirit of God, not our own abilities. Not our own imagination, not our own subjectivism, not to exalt ourselves, lean not to your own understanding, all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths, Proverbs 3 5 through 5 says. 3 through 5 says. And so your choice is do you believe God's word? Do you believe that you know God is able to guide you and direct you? Do you believe that the word of God is absolute objective truth? Or is it just exaggerations? You have to make that choice. The Bible says it's God's word. What you believe about that will determine where you spend eternity with the person of Jesus Christ. And so may God give you the wisdom. Don't make it complicated. Keep it as simple as possible. God bless you. You've been listening to Keep It Simple with your host, Pastor Xavier Reese on Simple Truths Radio. We hope today's broadcast has informed encouraged and challenged you in your own personal walk with Christ. 
For more information regarding Simple Truths Radio Ministries or Calvary Chapel Pasadena, please visit calvarychapelpasadena.com. We hope you'll be back for our next discussion, and may God richly bless your day.